It's been way too long, and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by hey, everybody. Welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives this week. I'm Justin. We've got Mike across the pond over there in, in London town. What's up, dude? Yo, what's good, everybody? This week, we have the topic, top five movies with mean girls that isn't mean girls. Yeah, our list is inspired by mean girls, but we're not choosing mean girls. It would be in my top five for sure, though. It would be my number my number one, probably. If there it you go. Uh, but it's not. And so we're going to talk about... Five other movies each that include a mean girl or mean girls within the film as a somewhat central plot point. And that could go a lot of different directions. So I'm excited to see where we go with it. But let's start off the week with our spotlight per usual. And this week we are going to talk about the sci-fi drama Stowaway which is out on Netflix now, stars Anna Kendrick, Daniel Day Kim, Tony Collette, and is about those three people specifically launching into space, uh, heading to Mars to do some research. And they discover a fourth person that is like knocked unconscious and on the on the space shuttle and turns into quite the moral and ethical predicament going forward. And yeah, I'm just, I'm Mike, I'm just going to say right off the bat, I thought there were some interesting ideas thrown around in this film, but it was just too, like I can do slow. This was for me, it was just too slow and the pacing really hurt the film for me. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I, to be honest, I was kind of, I was into it for about 40, 45 minutes. I was sort of locked in and then Mm -hmm. I started to feel, I don't even know if it was so much the slowness for me as it was like, there was things being introduced that never really got followed up on. Like the whole idea of the stowaway, you're like, oh, this is going to be some mystery thing that we have to figure out what's going on. And like, that's completely abandoned basically. And then there's like an ethical thing and that that doesn't get abandoned, but it kind of morphs. So you never really see that through. So it was, it was taking a long time to get where it ended up going. If that makes sense. Yes. I mean, it brings some ideas to the table that are interesting and then doesn't fully deliver on those ideas or like, I mean, it's like a character piece at the end of the day, but I, I don't know. It just, it, you think that it's going to be other things that it isn't. And even if you go in knowing exactly what they're going for, I still think while on the one hand it's interesting and, and all the actors do a good job, but it's for me, it's too subtle and too slow of a burn. And I don't even know if there really is a, a payoff. I mean, I, I think on the, on the one hand I can say that I think this 
filmmaker Joe Penn. I mean, this is very similar to his his first film. I think it's his first film, Arctic, with Mads Mikkelsen. It's a very mm-hmm. similar idea. Tiny cast, kind of a slow burn, you know, very isolated, um, and then tries to deliver some sort of big emotional punch at the end. And I think that's pretty smart filmmaking. Uh, but like you said, this one, I don't know if it really it didn't really totally pay off for me in the end. And I kind of wanted to see some of those other plots follow through on, but, but I do agree. I thought Daniel day Kim was great. I thought Tony Collette was great. Didn't really buy Anna Kendrick as an astronaut, but maybe that's, maybe that's just me. I was really, you, I mean, most people know I'm a massive loss fan. So I loved seeing Daniel day Kim in this and he really was good. He was good in it, but it just, yeah, it, it didn't quite do it for me. It, but, 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 Joe Penna, he he does show promise as a director. And like some of the films were really well done. Some of the shots were really well done. And some of the space stuff was good. It was just, it wasn't gripping enough for me, at least. It, it's better maybe than a few of the movies we've watched recently for the spotlight. But I'd still say it's a pass for me. I'm, I'm right on the line. I'm right on the border. So I think I could go either way. I, okay. You know, it's not my thing really, but I do think it has has some promise if it's, you know, if, if this is what other people are looking for. But I would I would also say watch Arctic. I think that's maybe a better a version. More, it's definitely more, I think, widely appealing. I agree. But OK, I can fuck with that. Anyways, stowaway. Check it out if you're feeling a sci fi ethical drama. And. Without further ado, let's get to top five movies with Mean Girls that is not Mean Girls. Mike, I believe, I th- I don't even know who goes first, but let's just say you can go first today. Okay, cool. Fucking bring us bring us into this. Let's do it. I'm very nervous with my number five pick. I'm nervous that you're going to have it and you're going to steal my pick. But I'm going with it anyway. That is 2000's Bring It On. I don't have it. Yes. Money. Okay. It's in my honorables, so great pick. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, so Bring It On is, uh, I suppose, like the the mean girl here is kind of the leader of the cheerleading group Big Red and Courtney, who comes before her. Those are some other like bitchy girls uh, that go in there. I think everybody knows what this movie's about. I, I also want to clarify, and I'm glad you have it in your honorables because it means you've thought about it. I'm not considering any of the Clovers as mean girls. Are you? Um, I, I consider that a friendly rivalry. I agree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're not mean girls. Okay. Big shout out, Gabrielle Union. Not a mean girl. Massive lover. Um, yeah, but this movie, man, this movie's just hilarious. This is just, uh, I mean, I've, I've, I think everybody sort of has seen this movie at least a few times. It's one that's like, you know, it came out in 2000, so we were, what, 10, 11 years old. And like, it's a movie about cheerleading. So you probably have no business sort of liking it, but it just had that kind of mass appeal. It works as a real funny, like teen comedy. Kirsten Dunst is a fantastic actress and she's really, really funny in this, probably funnier than I expected. Liza Dushku's great. Um, And it just hits all those kind of teen movie marks that you want. And then um, has this great sort of athletic competition that you really get drawn into, whether you give a shit about cheerleading or not, which, you know, I don't really know anything about cheerleading, but uh, just an all-time classic. Uh, Courtney is not cool. Big Red is not cool. Stealing Cheers is not cool at all. That's what I've learned from this movie. So <laughs> big shout out, bring it on. And like, 
what a great round of, of, of actresses that are in it. Am I right? Like all the ones you just mentioned, it's a great cast and it's just a fun film. Agreed. Agreed. And, and Lindsay Sloan is big red who, you know, she's in that one episode of entourage. Exactly. Which is kind of sad for our boy Vinny, but I know, I know poor Vinny. Vinny's Vinny's doing just fine, but yes, yes. Great. Number five, definitely one that I debated putting on the list. Glad I didn't since it's getting some love right now. My number five is a, Definitely my wild card pick. Definitely my out there. The rest are pretty, pretty in the lane. And this one's a little bit different. It it doesn't deal with a high school girl. It actually deals with someone a bit older. And it is 2011's young adult. Ooh, okay. I, I considered that. I definitely considered that. I love that. Okay, good. Um, so if you're unfamiliar with this film... Charlie Theron is the lead, Mavis Gary, and she is the mean girl. It was directed by Jason Reitman and written by Diablo Cody. So, you know, Jason Reitman also did um, Up in the Air, Juno, Thank You for Smoking. Anyways, in this movie, all that really needs to be said is that Charlie's as Mavis, she plays an older, she's like mid-30s, um divorced and she has never really she's never like fully moved on from high school like she has totally in the sense of that she doesn't live there anymore or anything and she has this life but her her life's a little bit depressing and it's like she goes back to her hometown and she still I guess I'll say she hasn't moved on and that she's still sort of the immature mean girl that she was in high school and she goes back to her hometown of Mercury, Minnesota, and it's all sort of under this pretense that she thinks her and her high school boyfriend, Buddy, are supposed to be together. And it's a very interesting sort of dramedy. Patton Oswalt's great in this. He plays sort of a uh, another guy in town that's not, wasn't nearly as cool as... Uh, buddy in high school who's played by patrick wilson but um it's a really interesting movie she's super she's a super fucking mean girl and she's a fucking wreck and the the thing that i find interesting about this movie spoiler alert it came out 10 years ago is she doesn't really she doesn't really learn a lesson by the end like she does have a breakdown but she doesn't really change which i found out is like part of what really drew Jason Reitman to the script because he doesn't really believe that people that people really can change maybe minorly but not really so I don't know I just I remember seeing this film alone in theaters I was just I see a lot of movies this was definitely one of those that in the afternoon I just went to by myself and I remembered enjoying it and having a good time and I think it's a different take on the mean girl from high school and I think it deserved a shout in the top five. Yeah, I think this is a really cool pick. I I mean, Diablo Cody writes really interesting movies. They all are a little bit sort of offbeat. And this one is is another one that I I definitely enjoyed and I'm really glad um that I watched it. I remember I I was more affected sort of when she I don't want to give anything away, but like when she has that breakdown. 
mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh my God, this is like, this is, this is really getting to me. And then afterwards, as you mentioned, it sort of levels off and it kind of, I don't want to say ruins the ending for me, but, but that was sort of my big criticism of it, but, but super interesting. Um, and I think it has a little bit of something for everybody, which, which mm-hmm. yeah, so if you haven't seen it, go, go do so. Yeah. I'm pretty with you, by the way, on your, your take of what you liked and maybe didn't like a little bit about the film. But yeah, I think it's a really interesting movie to check out and a good way to spend, you know, an hour and a half or however long it is. Okay, young adult. I like that. Um, my number four is a movie that I, I've been meaning to get around to for like forever, basically, since it came out the year we were born. But wow. uh, I just never had gotten around to it, and this was the perfect excuse. And this is 1989's Heathers. Ah, okay. So, yeah, I just watched this movie for the first time. As I said, it is a... Well, it's, it's kind of a similar structure uh, to, to Mean Girls in the sense that there's a gang, let's say, of four girls. Three of them happen to be named Heather, and then one is uh, played by Winona Ryder. Her name is Veronica. Sort of unlike Mean Girls, she's a lot more self-assured in the beginning and kind of breaks off from this group, teams up with Christian Slater, who's doing a kind of insane Jack Nicholson impression, like a clear ripoff of Jack Nicholson, which is a little bit weird. And then people start dying. Uh, So I've seen this like categorized as horror, which I definitely would not say in any way it is, but it is kind of a a black comedy. And I don't know, man, this one is one that like, I'll definitely have to watch a few times, I think to fully grasp everything that's going on, but it was really, really funny um and Winona Ryder is just super charming in the role and she's she's also kind of a badass and the whole thing is like this weird mixture that just sort of works and it's kind of you know plays with the conventions of the teen film that we know um you know and sort of pays homage to them in the way they're there uh but also kind of builds onto this this totally insane premise uh and they rewrote the ending because it was even too crazy for the people that were financing the film but just the yeah the whole thing um you know it's points that you could see elsewhere in other teen movies but it's really clever it's really creative uh and i had a lot of fun with this so first of all i'm glad you have it because definitely definitely one of the most classic like parallels to mean girls and obviously you know winona christian slater both both great in this but uh yeah, I actually also got around to this for the first time over the past year and I'd been meaning to forever, but it didn't do it for me as much as it did you. It um I thought it was it was like it was entertaining. Like it's worth a watch if you've never seen it in my eyes as well. But some of that odd mixture that you're talking about whereas like there's some movies where I fucking love when they just get really sort of a little bit out of the box by mixing it t- together a few genres in a wacky way, this didn't quite do it for me. But I very much respect the pick, and I know that I'm in the minority because it is sort of like a cult classic. Yeah, but but you're right. I mean, there's movies like this that just that are a little bit harder to explain that just kind of have that, that weird factor that you can't exactly put a pin, pin on why it's so good, and and, you know, sometimes I just don't hit. But it did for you, and that and I'm for glad me, it, that did. it did. No, that's that's a great pick, and that's honestly, I was hoping you'd have that one because I feel like you need that in this category. 
it's one of the most classic examples. And I say that in a good way. Definitely. All right. My number four is from 10 years later than Heather's in 1999. And it deals with an absolutely despicably mean girl. And it is 1999's Cruel Intentions. Wow. I'm so glad that you have this pick because this is... Oh my God. What a bonkers movie Cruel Intention is. Good Lord. It really is in hindsight when you look back at it and watch it again. It's like, how the fuck was this like a thing that like teens like loved this movie? It's like really fucking twisted. Or even like agreed to be a part of. Like when you watch other teen movies and you're just like, oh my God, why are these people in this film? This is the sleaziest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) It is so sleazy, so fucked up. And. If if you are unfamiliar, I think most most people know this movie, especially if you were born around the same time as us. But it stars Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Phillippe, Reese Witherspoon, and Selma Blair. And Sarah Michelle Gellar plays the the mean girl in question, Catherine, who's absolutely evil. And to give you a very basic rundown of the plot, Ryan Phillippe is that how you say Phillippe? Felipe? Felipe, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, his name's Sebastian in the film. Uh, Catherine is Sarah Michelle Gellar. Both are, they're very, very wealthy. And they're they're step-siblings. And Sebastian is very good at seducing women. Catherine makes a bet with Sebastian that if he can seduce Annette, she'll have sex with him. And... If he fails, then Catherine gets his vintage Jaguar that he loves and always drives around in. And it's just, I mean, it goes so deep into twisted fucking nature of these people, specifically Catherine. She's fucking evil in every way. But it all ends, spoiler alert again, it all ends with Sebastian he dies at the end and it turns out he actually does, you know, he does actually fall in love with Annette, yada, yada, yada. But it's got a great ending where at the eulogy at Sebastian's funeral, where Catherine is giving a speech, people start leaving and she, she heads outside. She finds Cecile who that's, she's played by Selma Blair and that's a whole nother twisted part of the film. But she hands out copies of Sebastian's journal, which details everything that Catherine has done. And it's just, you know, by the end, she's going to be expelled from school. And there's the famous, you know, ending with Bittersweet Symphony by the Verve playing. And it's 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 like it was an iconic 90s film for our generation growing up as as barely teens or or young teens when it came out, depending on when you were born. But it's like, I had to include it. It's, it's still, it's still in it, you know, it holds up pretty well. And that, that, that scene with bittersweet symphony, it gets me every time. It gets me every and time. The, and the, like, what is it? Like a rosary with like, she's got Coke in there. It's just, yes. Yes. Incredible. <laughs> incredible oh my God. Dude. She's, she's, Oh, she's demonic. Yeah, she just plays with people and like gets them to fall in these all these relationships, and it's just it doesn't work out well for anybody, really. 
it's, it's tragedy. Every it's a, it's a big tragedy, and she's the she's the centerpiece of evil at all of it. And it's unbelievable how many of these like really popular actors all were in this. It's like Reese Witherspoon today is one of the most famous actresses in the world, you know. Yeah, and it's crazy even that like 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 to do Buffy and to do Cruel Intentions is just like a weird weird acting choice. Like it's a totally different demographic you're going for. Totally. Sort of makes me love Sarah Michelle Gellar, honestly. Yeah. It's it's a crazy film and yeah, if you haven't seen it, you have to. Like even if only for the spectacle. It's it's quite a quite a movie. There's no other movie like it. And I like I like trashy movies, but good lord, this one is wow. <laughs> oh, I wow. Know. <laughs> Dear Lord. Okay. All right. Cruel intentions. Um, that leads me to my number three, which is 1996, The Craft. Wow. Okay. Great pick. Absolutely love The Craft. One of my favorite sort of female empowerment films. So many mean girls. I mean, it basically centers around four girls that are kind of fucking with witchcraft a bit. Uh, and things go haywire. Um, there's also Christine Taylor's there as like a more sort of conventional bully. And of course, have to shout out Skeet. Our man is like kind of the only guy that's really relevant in the film. Things don't work out for Skeet, spoiler alert. Uh, but yeah, these four girls get together. Nev Campbell, Rachel True, Fruza Balk, and Robin Tunney is the lead. Um, and basically, they, they, they achieve this power through witchcraft um, and then they kind of turn on each other a bit, and one of them sort of emerges the victor, if you want to say. Um, but yeah, this film is it's it's kind of really simple, um, but in sort of uh, just the right way. It's just about kind of their friendship um, and how they kind of start out with the best intentions, and then they have some power, and it kind of goes to their head um, a little bit. And it's just for me, it's it's an iconic teen film. It's an iconic horror film. Um, I've pretty much always loved it. And and the only thing I really add is that did not know this until looking it up this week on Wikipedia. Apparently, The Craft is the inspiration for the Katy Perry song Dark Horse. That just came out of nowhere. I did not know that. Came out of nowhere. I had no idea that was true. And I haven't seen the new Craft. Um, I'm sure it's not as good as this, but maybe maybe check that out as well. But yeah, absolutely love this film. Iconic scenes. Great movie. Great, great, great pick. Another one that I am so happy you have because I didn't have it and that's like a big one. Yeah, that's an awesome one. I will sort of compliment my Cruel Intentions pick at number four right now pretty well with my number three because I'm going to go from Sarah Michelle Gellar to her boo, Freddie Prinze Jr., in the same exact year, 1999, She's All That. Oh, I've never seen this. Oh, my God. Bro. Pitch it. Pitch it. Tell me. Bro. You got to see it. It's literally what Not Another Teen Movie parodies most directly. So She's All That. Let me tell you about it. Freddie Prinze, he plays Zach. That's his name, Zach. He's going to school in SoCal. He's, you know like what pretty much the most popular kid in school his girlfriend at the very beginning of the film is this is the mean girl of the film her name's Taylor Vaughn she's played by Jody Lynn O'Keefe and she is i mean she's your classic mean girl she sucks 
and she ditches our main man, Zach, for a fucking reality TV star from the real world who is played, his name is Brock Hudson, and it is played by none other than Matthew Lillard. Wow. Love it. So Zach's upset, decides, hey, I, you know, Taylor's no big deal. You know, she's not just, she's not like the most, even though she's like the most popular girl in school, I could replace her with any girl in this school. And so one of Zach's best buds, Dean, played by the one and only, rest in peace, Paul Walker, he disagrees and he challenges him. He makes a bet on whether Zach can turn any girl that, that, that he picks into the prom queen within the next six weeks before, by prom. And so Zach and him, they make the bet. Zach says, you're on. And Dean chooses this girl, Lainey Boggs, who's played by Rachel Lee Cook, who's like a super dorky like art student. And so that's the premise of the plot. That's, that's the opening to the plot. And throughout, Zach does you know what he can to woo her and to turn her into sort of this popular, hot, you know, it girl, so to say. And of course, as is uh, part of this genre, it goes through the classic cliches where she eventually finds out about the bet. She's very upset. But, you know, he actually fell for her in the whole process. It's a great rom-com. Really fucking great. And, I mean, the cast is stacked. If I, I already said Freddie Prinze, Rachel Lee Cook, Matthew Lillard, Paul Walker, Jody Lynn O'Keefe. It's also got Kieran Culkin. It's got Usher. Usher is in it. Lil' Kim is in it. Anna Paquin's in it. It's, it's got a stacked cast. It, it was the main inspiration for the spoof film, Not Another Teen Movie, which is just fantastic. And you got to see it. And, and Taylor Vaughn, she's just the worst. And, and the wor- what, something that's rare, usually the mean girl gets her comeuppance in a few different ways. But Taylor still wins prom queen in this. And I find that pretty rare for these types of films. Not, not cool. Not cool. Okay, but anyway, yeah, I do have to watch this. It's a classic. It's a a classic. It's a classic. Okay, all right. Well, heating up here a bit. My number two is the criminally underrated. Wow. 2009 film, Jennifer's Body. I knew you were going to have this, and that's why I kept it off, but just barely. Also written by Diablo Cody. So it's the Diablo Cody cast. It is. Wow. Wow. What's he even say about this film? Um, so I think most people probably know what this is about, but basically, long story short, Megan Fox becomes sort of a vampire, uh, starts eating people. Her best friend's Amanda Seyfried, who's like supposed to be kind of this like frumpy best friend who's, who's I don't want to say ugly, but certainly not as popular as, as Megan Fox is. Um, and things kind of kind of go from there. And... This movie is, yeah, like I said, it's it's really, really underrated and largely because it was made in 2009 and kind of advertised basically to the same market that consumes most horror films, which is like adolescent boys. Um, and I will confess right now that in 2009, uh, I basically saw this as sort of that type of film, let's say kind of a cheap horror film. Um, 
starring someone that's let's say wasn't respected in the acting community in Megan Fox um, and and I thought it was okay um, and I've since seen it many times and I think it's an absolute masterpiece I love the way <laughs> oh that it God. it plays with the conventions of the genre but also kind of deliver strong sort of feminist messages um, and there's a lot to unpack there that I won't sort of waste everybody's time on it's super super funny um, and the dialogue is kind of it's really stylized in a sense um, and, and almost just inappropriate like it just catches you off guard with how silly it is um, and I know this movie is starting to get a little bit more respect but everybody everybody should see this it's a blast and I love it you you said everything that needs to be said, my friend. It's a it is a ride and a fun one, and you gotta see it. And Megan Fox, come on! And it's one of those things where like it plays on Megan Fox's real, you know, the perception of her in real life. Like it's it's like lightning in a bottle. It really couldn't have been made by anybody else um, at any other time and come out the same film, which I think is cool. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, this is a great pick and needed to be mentioned. So glad you had it. I don't know if it still is, but I think you already know. Last time I watched this was like maybe two months ago because I got Disney Plus for our Pixar episode. And then it was on Disney Plus. And I was like, what a treat. Let me just watch Jennifer Body again. And it didn't disappoint. It's incredible. Incredible. I wonder if it is. I'll have to check. But great number two. I'm going to take us back to 1999 again. Wow. My number four, three, and two all came out in the same year. What a year for teen films. This one, I never saw until about a year ago, crazily enough. And I like all these type of movies. I like all these, you know, sort of teen rom-com, blah, blah, blah. This one had always flown under the radar for me. I'd never seen it. Finally, it was brought to my attention that I had to check it out, and I did. A bit begrudgingly, too, because I I haven't always been the biggest fan of the lead, but she won me over, and she killed it. It's 1999's Never Been Kissed. Oh, whoa. Okay. All right. Yep. Yep. You ever seen this? Yeah, for sure. Also was on Disney Plus, by the way. I don't know if it's Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. So Drew Barrymore plays the lead. She's not the mean girl. We've also got David Arquette, Lily Sobieski, Molly Shannon, John C. Riley, And now I'll get to our mean girls because there's three of them. So it's a classic mean girl crew. Also James Franco in this, by the way, can't forget. And I believe it's one of his first, if not his first film role. But the mean girls in this are Kirsten... Gibby and Kristen, played by Jessica Alba, Jordan Ladd, and Marley Shelton. And just, I mean, they're they're your classic Mean Girls. They remind me a little bit of the Mean Girls and Mean Girls. But the plot of this film is Josie Geller's the main character, Drew Barrymore. She's 25 years old. She's She's a copy editor for the Chicago Sun Times. She's never had a real relationship. She was she was sort of what you would sadly call like a geek or a loser in high school. And she is assigned to report undercover at a high school 
as like a way to help parents become more aware of like how their children are like living at these times. And it's this whole sort of funny, you know, plot line where she goes into school, her bro- her older brother is David Arquette and he has always been like everyone loves him. And so he ends up coming back to the school and like makes her cool and she becomes a co- one of the cool girls and she's hanging out with all the popular kids and like one of the one of the popular guys like likes her but at the same time there's a plot line where uh her one of her teachers sort of has a bit of a thing for her. And although he knows it's wrong because she's a student, it's a little, you know, I guess it's a little bit uh, questionable of a plot line. But she's 25, obviously. So in theory, it's fine. But anyways, it's just a really great rom-com. It all comes together. It goes through some of the classic tropes, but there's just so many good characters that it's hard not to love it. And so many like great people in this film. I'd say of all of all these type of we'll say later 90s early 2000s high school movies even though it is one of the last ones I saw and I don't have that nostalgia factor for it it's one of my favorites and I think it deserves to be here it truly has mean girls that are in a sense very similar to what I think when I think Mean Girls, a little a little crew of a few of them, and and this you know the the plot line the plot line's great. This this movie rocks. I highly recommend checking it out if you haven't, and I and I recommend revisiting it if you haven't watched it in a while. This is a shocking number two. I wow. never wow. like if I had a hundred guesses, I never would have clumped with this to be on your list. Oh my god. Uh, though I will say, yeah, especially the first act of this is is pretty funny. The the reason that I don't necessarily recommend, now I wouldn't say that, like don't watch it, but like why it's not one of my personal favorites is because they never really deal with the fact that adults are sort of dating or attracted to to basically children, right? Like you're right, Drew Barrymore is twenty five, but the teacher doesn't know that and he's still sort of going for it and you're kind of like oh shit this is gonna like what's gonna happen here and the answer is nothing like nothing sort of untoward or like weird or consequential it's it's definitely questionable in that regard that's the part where like i i sort of just wanted to see what would happen there and it doesn't but also there's no good way out of that right they've kind of dug themselves a hole there so a hundred percent that's my sort of buyer beware. I've never been kissed. Watch it, but it's not going to go where you think it might. Okay. I can I can handle that. I Wow, wow. Oh, we're at number 1. Number 1. All right. It's always like it's so funny like when when there's when it's just you and me, I'm like, "Oh my god, we're already at 1." Yeah, that's true. We you know, no one needs there's no no extra talk. No one no. needs to hear what we have to say. They need the list and they need to get out of here. Yeah. Sometimes they want a concise list and they want to get the fuck out. Well, with that in mind, my number one. This is in my top tier of movies ever made. Wow. It's it's at the top of the pyramid. I don't know exactly how many are in that top of the pyramid, but it's in that upper bracket. And that is 1976's Carrie. Wow. Okay. Okay. Not only one of my favorite horror films of all time, one of my favorite films of all time. Wow. 
So I, I would be incredibly disappointed probably to learn how many people haven't actually seen this movie, but probably know some things about it. So, so basically Sissy Spacek plays Carrie. She is like 16. Um, and in the very beginning of the movie in a, a terrible, like heart wrenching scene, she gets her period for the first time, which is obviously abnormal, in the shower at school. And it's traumatizing, and all the girls are so, so mean to her, um, and it's terrible. But as part of that process, she develops, uh, I guess, tel- telekinesis? Is that the right word? Telekinetic powers? Yeah, I think that, yeah. She can move shit with her mind. If that's whatever that means, that's what she can do. And we go to her home and we see that her mom is like a religious fanatic. That's basically like, it's it's obviously supernatural, right? But essentially she views um, the fact that Carrie now has her period as like this great sin. And like she wants to lock Carrie up and it's this whole big thing. And there is one girl that at school that's nice to Carrie. But other than that, people don't like her. They're very mean to her. And John Travolta... Uh, which is just a, like a, a bizarre role, um, and his uh, girlfriend team up, and I think this is where most people already know, um, team up, and eventually they pull this awful prank on her at prom. Uh, but conveniently, she has telekinetic powers and uses it to absolutely murder everybody, including her mother. Um, and it's just the best. I mean, Brian De Palma is a great fucking director. The stuff that he's able to do practical effects wise especially you know with with the mom at home i think is completely uh revolutionary it's so so awesome um and it's just it's great to see carrie you know get get revenge on all these girls that you know it's a horror movie so you're not really you kind of know something's gonna happen to them and you haven't really developed much attachment so they all die except for the girl that's nice to carrie which leads to a uh i guess like a false ending um, that basically was, I don't know, after this movie, effectively like every fucking horror movie has to have a false ending because this movie did it and it was so wildly popular. Yeah, down, Carrie. Amazing. I have only seen it once quite a few years ago and I remember thinking it was solid. That's that's probably not the, not, I, I wish I could offer more, but I I think it's a great pick and massive movie within the, within the horror spectrum. And so of course a Mike favorite, how could yeah. I, I, yeah. I would completely, I would guess that and a, and a, and a great pick. And this one is, I think it's maybe the clearest example of sort of connecting um, that kind of aspect of puberty um, and female empowerment all in one. Um, and also like the danger um, I don't want to say the danger, but like the fear that that sort of the male gaze has presented on that topic in cinema and this one just blowing it out of the water and turning it into um, this this amazing power that Carrie has. And the only fun fact I have that I, I guess I probably could have come up with, but I just never thought about is that Carrie is the first Stephen King novel to be published ever. And really? therefore, also the first to be adapted into a feature film. Wow. It is the seventies, right? So, like all those major ones come mostly from the eighties and stuff. But yeah, didn't even consider that. Holy shit, that's unbelievable! There you go. Number one, Carrie. 
amazing. Well, my number one is another film that I would say, similar to how Carrie is in your top tier of films, I'd say my number one is the only film that I've mentioned that even comes close to my top tier of films. And this one's definitely in it. And that is 1993's Dazed and Confused. Ooh, okay. Which was written and directed by Richard Linklater, of course. Stars Jason London, Ben Affleck, Mia Djokovic, Matthew McConaughey, Joey Lauren Adams, and many more. But the mean girl in this is Parky Poser's... Poser. Parky Po... Wow, I can't speak. Parker Posey's Darla. And, you know, she's one of the popular older girls. She's the one she yells at every all the girls to, like, what does she have? She has them on, like, the ground in the parking lot or whatever. But she's just, she's just a mean girl throughout. And this film, while maybe not as classically like some high school teen romance film, like the three films sort of that I brought up before this, this is just such Days and Confused to me is one of just the ultimate high school movies where it's, you know, it's a day in the life. It's the it's the last day of high school. And it's just such besides just being such a great slice of life movie, which which Richard Linklater does does oh so well. It's just it 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 just hits on all the it's it's one of the ultimate coming of ages for me. And Darla's character, you know, she's she's in the whole film and it's it's not necessarily like a plot point that she's a mean girl, just like a few of these other films we've mentioned, but she's just a part of your classic high school and that's what this one's all about. And it's it's such a fucking pleasant film to watch. So great and really brings me the nostalgia every time I watch it because I think any kid that ever went to high school can relate to it in some fashion. Yeah, and I would I would argue actually I hadn't even considered this, but I would argue that it, it is pretty important because there's the whole kind of culture of the older kids picking on the younger kids in this mm-hmm. movie. And she's part of that sort of establishment and and reveling in it. Totally. She's one of the one of the main offenders in that in yeah. that regard. Agreed. So yeah, and it's just I mean, if you haven't seen Days and Confused, it's just such a fun fucking movie to watch. It's it's if you have any fond memories ever of growing up and of high school, this one in some way will pull them out of you. I mean, absolute absolute classic. Maybe number one of all films you should watch on this list if you haven't seen. I couldn't agree more. It's it's very important to watch this film. And it gave us the iconic line, all right, all right, all right. Well, I mean, I, I wasn't even going to say that that was the iconic line. Are you going to say the high school line? Yeah. I mean, I mean I that's thought, the other iconic line. Two iconic lines, but yeah, McConaughey is incredible. He's this. just absolutely legendary in this. Oh. What a film. Look later, you know, I mean, what a guy. So many, so many hits between between this, the the fucking before trilogy, Boyhood. What's the baseball one? Everybody, everybody wants some or whatever. The man, the man has a lot. He's got a lot of great ones. 
Um, so should we should we recap our lists quickly? We should indeed. Give us yours, five to one. All right, mine is starting with five. Bring it on, Heather's, The Craft, Jennifer's Body, and Carrie. And mine starting at five is Young Adult, Cruel Intentions, She's All That, Never Been Kissed, and Dazed and Confused. No repeats. I was really worried about Bring It On. And I'm I'm that I'm glad. I'm glad. This might be God, how long has it been since we've had no repeats? I think it's been a minute. It's been a minute, so well done. Well done. Hey, let's pat ourselves on the back, bro. Um, Should we do a quick, quick honorables? Yeah, give me a few. All right, I've got uh thirteen. Okay. Yep. Um Easy A. I've got that as well. Jawbreaker. I've got that as well. Ginger Snaps, which is like a teen werewolf film from Canada. Ooh, okay. And last one is Night of the Demons, which is like one of my personal favorite horror films, but it it didn't it didn't capture the feel that I was looking for for this, but the people the girls are definitely mean and they're demons. Night of qualifies. the Demons. Night of the Demons. All right. I got to check that one out and so does everyone else. All right, yeah, just out of the ones, a, a bunch have already been mentioned that I won't repeat, but the only ones otherwise that I have are Sugar and Spice, which is the one where the girls end up, like, robbing, what is it, a, a, a bank? Um, the Hot Chick with Rob Schneider, which I rewatched, and I really wanted it to be on the list, but it just does not hold up that well. Uh, but it, it deserved a shout-out. And The Breakfast Club. Oh, nice. Where, you know, it doesn't fully... I mean, Molly Ringwald's character, she's she's sort of the popular girl. I don't know if I'd call... I mean, she's sort of a mean girl. But I love the film. I didn't think it was mean girly enough to throw on there. I agree with that. Yeah, but but worth a shout out. Yeah, and that's that's it for me. Nice. I mean, we should we should just say, I feel like we, we owe it to say... Don't be mean, you know. Bullying is not cool. Makes a great plot device because, you know, it leads to some great arc for our heroes or in many cases heroines, but bullying is not cool. No, it sucks and we both I'm sure know people that were prone to bullying, maybe dealt with a little bullying ourselves and it's it's you don't wish that upon anyone. It's fucking terrible. Fuck everyone who bullies people and these movies, like Mike said, are great because someone usually prevails over the bullies or the bullies have a revelation and they have a great character arc. Yeah. I love that PSA about bullying. I feel like that was that, yeah. that added something. We needed it. We needed it. It was a great way. It was a great way to go out. And yeah, it's been a fun week. And, you know, it was just a little classic Mike and me this week. Next week, we have uh, a great guest coming on fun a fun one that we've been waiting a while for in a reunion between mike and this guest because they have not spoken in a very long time is that right is that right to say well yes and no okay i'll uh we'll, well i'm sure we'll explain on the pod I'm very excited for that one wow okay so next week we've got a big one coming we hope you enjoyed this week and hey if you have a few extra minutes and you wouldn't mind giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It would truly mean the world to us. It helps us get noticed. It takes two minutes. 
and it would it would really mean the world to us. So thank you if you can do that. And otherwise, if you want to reach us, you know how to do it. Instagram, Top Fives and Deep Dives. Twitter, Top Dives. Email, Top Fives and Deep Dives at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out. Top Fives and Deep Dives. We're tired of PTM. Top Fives and Deep Dives. We're tired of PTM. Top Fives and Deep Dives. We're tired of PTM. Top Fives and Deep Dives. We're tired of PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by Quentin Oh my god, oh my god.